0: What's up, Marlboro Softball? Scott Seidenberg here on the Friday, I guess, prior to the playoffs beginning with the playing game taking place next Wednesday. Everyone has an off day this Sunday. A happy new year to all my uh, fellow chosen people. Uh, and this is a fun episode because we are going to talk to Mitch Pollack about the final regular season power rankings. As we head into the playoffs, plus we'll ask, ask Mitch, based on some historical data, which teams actually have the best chance to win the 2020 Marlboro
1: Softball Championship?
0: Let's bring in Mitch. What's going on, Mitch? How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, happy the weekend's here. Happy New Year to everyone. Celebrate. I mean, exactly.
0: Lashana Tova. And to yeah. a sweet New Year to everyone out there. I already have my, my apples. I need my honey. And then, uh, oh, there we go. There goes one. And then we could uh, we could throw the, our sins away next week as well. Yes. Um, let's talk about these power rankings. First of all, how difficult was it for you to come up with the final regular season power rankings as opposed to what you've seen throughout the this, uh, this season on your other power rankings?
1: Uh, you know, it was really hard. I don't know if – I don't remember it ever being this hard, but I had a feeling, to be honest, of uh, like looking forward to the playoffs. So it was almost like anticlimactic coming up with uh, these final power rankings. And it's like you base it on the regular season and then like immediately you want to look ahead to the playoff matchups. But uh, the league is so even this year. And I, I feel like we say this every year, mm-hmm. but more so uh, this year. I felt like a lot of these rankings, you could just like toss them in the air and you could make a valid argument for any team being in almost any spot, like when you're dealing with the top 10.
0: I I feel that way as well. And again, let me just preface these rankings by explaining uh, just like we did before. These are the regular season final power rankings. This is not the order of teams in which you think can win the championship or a power ranking of, of playoff teams. The playoffs did not start yet. This is only based on regular season performance. So without further ado. Let us get to the top 10, and we'll start with number 10, and that is Cowboy Mike and the Ace Squad. Talk to us about my squad.
1: Yeah, your, your squad, uh, and I know this is going to sound like a little playoff preview too. Uh, you know, you got the heavy hitters at the top, and I just worry about the consistency through the lineup. I mean, you beat us, so I can't, I can't say many bad things about <laughs> your team. But, uh, you know, you have a, you have a good squad. I think Mike has improved as a pitcher. Uh, over these couple of years and so I think uh, he's turned himself to uh, you know one of the top half of the pitchers in the league Uh, so I just think that if you can hit consistently through the lineup then you'll be dangerous but uh, I think that's like the only like question mark
0: yeah and as you put in these final power rankings that in the uh, preseason power rankings not ranked and in the captain's poll rankings, not ranked either. So were you surprised to see uh, our team put into your top 10 here at the end of the regular season?
1: Not really, because like with the preseason rankings and the captain's rankings, they stopped at like the top nine. Okay. I feel like if we went just like a little further, even in the preseason, you were always a team that was like right around there. You know, like you were always like that 10th or 11th team, you know, so I makes I, sense. I think you ended up uh, like where where uh, we felt you would at the beginning of the year and, yeah you know just as a, a general note for like all the power rankings, I think that was one of the things that really surprised me is that uh, where teams ended up at the end of the year was pretty similar to yeah. uh, what we thought in the beginning of the year
0: Let's move on to team number nine and that is team Pengaro.
1: I think if there was any team that uh, surprised in a, in a positive way, uh, it's, it's Pangaro. You know, we, we talked about the couple of disappointments uh from the beginning of the year, like bykovsky obviously disappointed, uh, Lapine disappointed, but, uh, Pingaro, as, as you see with the, um, with what was said before the season, they weren't really on anyone's radar. Uh, but really a big credit to Pingaro, big credit to everyone on that team for coming together. And, uh, they never went on like a huge hot streak. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, Maybe I'm proving wrong if I go back and look, but uh, they're just consistent.
0: And the team that boasts the batting champ in Valentino. So uh, you know that they have a good bat, good bats at the top of their lineup. Again, much like uh, Ferraris, Pingaro not ranked in either of the preseason power rankings or the captain's poll.
1: Right. But uh, I think like more so than even your team, they surprised. Like in the beginning, Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the year, I felt like you were still on team's radar. I don't, I don't think Pingar was, uh, you know, high on anyone's radar, but they they certainly proved themselves this year.
0: Let's move on to number eight, and that is Frank LaRocca's squad, which is pretty much the same squad he had last year.
1: Yeah, and uh, like I said, uh, everything that people predicted about them coming together, about it being an advantage that they've played together before, uh, really came into fruition. Uh, you know, this year, uh, I think, like, they struggled, maybe like in the beginning, but uh, they certainly have picked it up. And uh, they must be excited. Like when they come, but they were like one inning away from making the championship last year. So they must be, they must've been dreaming about, you know, the start of the playoffs this year for a whole year, ready to, to make another run. So, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: At number seven, a team that uh, I felt was dangerous all season long, surprised at the way that they finished is team Jacoby. And, and maybe I, I think I have to take you to task a little bit because you have Faris at 10, and Jacoby Uh at seven, these two teams will face each other in the first round of the playoffs, but these two teams faced each other last Sunday, and Faris came away with a victory. So you have a team that lost head-to-head to to a team that is currently ranked below them. I I just don't see how that's possible.
1: Oh, you may not like the playoff preview (laughs) either. (laughs) We, I we, probably won't wait till you get to that. No, uh, J- Jacoby, uh, this is another team that they've been a sleeper all year. Uh, you know, you take a look at the preseason rankings, and they weren't on the, the power rankings to begin the year, they weren't on the captain's uh poll. But as soon as we started playing those scrimmage games, their stock just jumped right up. Mm-hmm. And it's a team again, like every year, I feel like it's Jacoby's teams where. You know they're missing guys during the year, or some years you got guys who were injured who are now fully healthy, and all of a kind all of a sudden come playoff time, and nobody wants to play them in the playoffs. And I think we have a similar situation this year brewing. Now the thing about missed games is, you know, it's very easy to say, uh, okay, you know, we lost a couple of games, but we were missing a bunch of guys. But once we have everyone together, we're going to start winning games. And I think that's just the one. Danger point with Jacoby because you still have to have the team gel. And it's very easy to say, okay, once we get everyone together, you know, we're going to start rattling off these wins. So, you know, it's tough when you uh, miss a bunch of guys during the year. Yeah, just always use that as the excuse. But I still think they have a strong team.
0: I think they're very defensively sound too. Uh, So that's going to be part, probably their strength here in the postseason. Next up is team Fratkin, who ends the regular season on a high note after a very slow start. And a lot of people questioning whether or not this team was going to be in the play in game here. They are uh, with a bunch of wins to close out the regular season. And by virtue of tiebreakers, they're the sixth seed in the playoffs.
1: I gotta be all right. I'm I'm shocked that uh, they went on this run. Uh, You know, Another person, we knew they had the talent, but you know we played them at Wednesday night, and uh, they weren't sound defensively. You know it was, it was pretty sloppy, and then like soon after, they just took off. Uh, so, you know they're in that group that you know uh, this is one of those situations you can toss any team six through ten and make an argument, but by virtue of that seven game winning streak, mm-hmm. you got to go with the hot hand for for the final power rankings. Uh, you know, I do, as I stated, I do think uh, positive momentum sometimes is overrated as far as making a championship run. Okay. But I think there's a good chance that they can carry that momentum at least past the first round. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see.
0: Uh huh. Talk to but, you about your squad here, who you have at five to finish yeah. out the regular season. You were in the mix. Team Pollock
1: had a chance at the number one overall seed. Uh, just didn't get the job done the last couple of weeks. We had not done well down the final stretch of the season. Uh you know, I remember the the was this
0: tanking on purpose though? That's a lot of people want to know. Was this was this purpose tanking so that they can you know (laughs) not play a play-in team winner and instead play a Baikowski team?
1: Not not at all. Let me tell you (laughs) Anyone who knows us, we, we have a lot of pride, my brother and I, in how we finish. You know, the text, like, we have a chance at the best run differential for a fourth straight year. This has never been done. So, you know, we text each other back and forth about this. Uh, listen, it, I think what happened when uh, Becker was on your podcast, he talked about uh, how we don't have, like, that strong of an offense, right? And mm-hmm. at the time, we were ranked maybe, like, second or third in the league. And so we're like, what are you talking about? Like, we got a good offense. Yeah. And ever since he said that, we just have not scored. And uh, as it said, you know, as I wrote down, like the first 10 games or so, we averaged 13.1 runs a game. The last seven games, we've been only averaging, uh, what is it, uh, a little over seven runs a game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That that's a big drop. So, uh, you know, losing three of our last Final Four, definitely not by design. I mean, but, we,
0: but like you said, maybe momentum going into the playoffs is not necessarily a good thing. And maybe you're in a better position having lost three or four going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'd like to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm keep saying that.
0: Yeah. All right, moving along. We're into the top five is uh, Team Marone. And we know that this team just it, it, it's a matter of health with them.
1: Right. You know, I mean, you could put an asterisk next to these losses if you want. Uh, it goes back to what I was saying uh, with Jacoby before, you know, though, it's like you could just chalk up the losses and say, no big deal. You know, we were missing our top guy. Once we get everyone on the field, we'll be fine again. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to just flip that switch. Uh, I don't think it'll be a major problem with uh, Marone. But I'll tell you, I think Martin Blackburn would get my vote for MVP, you know, <laughs> based on this. I know, you know, he missed the last four games, but you just see how valuable he is.
0: Oh, yeah, that and that's the difference between most outstanding and most valuable. When yeah. you know, you're know you not there and the team doesn't win, that shows your value. Uh, let's move along. Team Steinberg is third in your final season power rankings, despite uh, being number two in the playoff seeding.
1: Yeah, this was tough. Uh, you know, when we get to Harris, I'll, I'll explain why I Harris number one. I mean, they're number one overall anyway. Uh, so it's really a matter of who am I going to put? Am I going to put Wallman? or Steinberg at number two or number three. And, uh, it came down to that personal opinion as you know, I can basically discuss Wallman and Steinberg in a, the same thing here is that, uh, woman's team from the very beginning, you know, was that team to beat. And so, you know, even though like Steinberg might have that two seed, you know, over woman, uh, I just think that Walman's the better club. And, uh, you know, it's so close, but, uh, that's why I had to go with Steinberg, number three. Maybe I'm partially influenced by like the one, you know, how you're always influenced by yeah. the one game you play against the team. And you know, Steinberg mm-hmm. Steinberg was, you know, again very sloppy that day. Um, you know, the new pitcher I think is still getting acclimated, so he's had some, you know, uh, moments where he's lost the plate. You know, I don't know if that was just the one moment or if uh-huh. you know if he's still struggling. But uh, still a good team overall. But I had to give Warman the nod over them.
0: And what's interesting about Wallman is they were number one in the preseason power rankings. They were number two in the captain's poll. And here they are in the final regular season power rankings back at number two, where pretty much they were slotted in at the beginning of the season, despite the way that their season had played out, or at least how it started.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a straight journey. You know, like before the year, you know, some were questioning, you know, what's the team chemistry going to be like? Mm-hmm. and uh, if anything you know they have such a strong chemistry as a team yeah you know well, they're and, always hanging uh, out yeah they're all hanging out uh you know getting around with each other uh it's impressive that even when they had to make the major switches you know it didn't bring the team down you know they didn't get down on each other and mm-hmm. it, i think obviously that's a huge turning point in their season and uh you gotta say like woman you know, it should be definitely up there for manager of the year.
0: Yeah, so I would say so as well.
1: Together, Because it's very hard, uh, you know, to make switches with key players. You, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's easier when he's one of those players who he doesn't have to worry about his own ego or hurting his own ego. But, uh, you know, that's tough when you draft the number one player in Becker and then switch his position in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, to have that work out, you know, much credit to that team.
0: And number one is Harris. Uh, They finished the regular season as the number one overall seed, 12 and five, by virtue of the tiebreaker over Steinberg. They are the one seed going into the playoffs. Uh, This is a team that, you know, when you look at them at first, it doesn't seem like they'd be the number one seed in this league. But then when you play against them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that makes sense. Why they don't lose games.
1: They, and, man, if, if those speed guys get on base, they're so dangerous. They run the bases better than, I think, any team I've seen this year. And, uh, you know, they force teams to make errors. They take mm-hmm. advantage of the defensive miscues. And, uh, you know, with with Polzer on the mound. Not he just doesn't anybody. give up runs.
0: He doesn't give up runs. He doesn't walk anybody. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, and then you know who knows what field they're going to choose. You know, I'm thinking maybe Union Hill left, but you never know. Maybe it depends on who they.
0: Good. It depends on who they have to play. Look, the playing game right now. You know, you look at Harris as the one seed. They're either going to play Chef if Chef were to pull the upset over Lombardi, or they get the winner of Lapine and DeMarco. And if you're just looking at the odds based on how these teams play out, they're likely going to play the winner of Lapine and DeMarco. And I don't think you want to play either of those teams at Union Hill Road.
1: I know. Uh I gotta say, look, one of the surprising stats uh, is that the Marco, for whatever reason, and same thing with uh, Lapine, they don't play well in Union Hill, though. I, I know they don't; uh, the records reflect that they didn't have uh-huh. much success on any fields, but like surprisingly, especially so. But you can't—you gotta think that if you're Harris and you pick Union Hill left, and yeah, you, you uh, cow- and Marco, uh, yeah, you'll never hear the end of it.
0: You well, know, that's true. That's that's why I don't think they yeah. picked that field.
1: So. You know, but uh, it's an interesting debate. Like, how much do you look at the opponent when when choosing fields and how much Mm -hmm. do you just look at your your own team and what you guys feel comfortable playing at and and go with that?
0: Well, that's why I like where my team is slotted in, because last year we had one of the top field choices. I think we were the five seed and we chose wrong. Um, We had chose Menalpin to play against the uh, the, uh, Brock, and it was the wrong choice because our strength was probably on an open field between Eric and Richie up the middle and and the way that we hit last year. We made the wrong field choice in the playoffs. Right now, we don't have a field choice. I mean, we're the last home seed. We just get the leftovers. Whichever one falls to us, that's where yes. we're playing. So there's no deciding. There's no strategic meeting between Cowboy Mike and the rest of the team. Going where do we think we fit best? It's just whatever is left. That's what field we're taking.
1: And we've had and we've already had some of those strategic meetings. And we, I'm sure you did. You know? And and you overthink. And there have been years like uh, 2012. We lost to Harris in the semifinals because we were rolling on Union Hill right, and then we switched to East Francis because uh, we were missing uh, Clamfer. And we knew that, okay, we would have him for like extra time if we started on East Francis. We would get him for an extra half hour. Uh huh. And so for that extra half hour, we switched off of Union Hill, right? We went to East Francis. We lost in the semifinals. And we still haven't forgiven ourselves for switching fields eight years later. <laughs> about it. That's so funny. Sometimes it's better just to have the field choice fall to you.
0: All right, real quick before we let you go, uh, talk to me about some playoff chances here based on the historical numbers.
1: Okay, so a, a lot. This is a lot of this is fun. A lot of this is just uh, coincidental, mm-hmm. but there are four predictors that have been pretty accurate. All right, so one, no team. This is amazing. No team since two thousand ten has entered the playoffs. No championship team has entered on in a winning streak. So every okay. team, team who's entered the playoffs has either lost their final game or won the final game, but. But
0: know, lost the game, lost the game
1: before that. Before. So right. who, so who,
0: so so based off that one alone, we are knocking out. Let's see, we're knocking out. Let's look at the streaks. Fratkin right. out. LaRocca Frat. out. Um, Harris out. Harris Harris out. Uh, there.
1: Ferris, Ferraris Ferris. out.
0: Out and lost that, the final game. Should have lost that final game. We'd if still be did, in the same game either, the same either way. way.
1: If you knew this trend, would you have lost the final game on purpose?
0: Probably. All right. So, <laughs> so give me number two now. Moving on All to right. number two.
1: So now this one may have some more credibility. The other one may be fluky. This one's okay. a little more credibility. Uh, top eight offense. Uh, top half in the offense. The run scored. So every every team except for one has been in the top half of the run scored category.
0: So that would be Maroon. Okay.
1: So I got that here. So yeah. Okay. So, so, you got to eliminate. Oh, so it's easy to say like who that eliminates, right? So, okay. that eliminates uh, Steinberg. Okay. LaRocca. Mm hmm. Drashinsky. Mm hmm. Lapine. Okay. Shevkin. Okay. Your team again. Uh huh. Fit that. Uh, Jacoby. Okay. Goldfarb. Mm hmm. And Lombardi. They're out. They have no chance.
0: All right. So, all right. So, let's go. Now, let's go on to number three. Okay.
1: Uh, the most teams do not have a championship player from the year before. There are only two teams that have won the championship where a player was on the championship team the year before.
0: So like Apple's one of those teams, one of those teams, but we're canceling them out now because of this, this rule.
1: Unfortunately, again, they shouldn't even play the season. (laughs) If they, if they knew about this, they could have stayed COVID free. Yeah. You not have to risk anything. So and now, you, Pin,
0: so, so Pingaro's out now.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that eliminates, uh, Marone. I, uh-huh. I, I should have written down which player from the previous team, but Marone, uh, Fradkin is out. Uh, Pingaro is out. DeMarco is out. Uh, Farisi is out. And of course, Applebaum. You, you guys, you, yeah.
0: We're, we're 0 for 3 right now. We have no <laughs> we're chance.
1: We're, <laughs> we're done. 3.
0: And what's the final stipulation here?
1: All right. Final stipulation is no rookie. Since Dave Polzer won in 2010, no Hmm. rookie from the top drafted in the first three rounds has won a championship. That's amazing
0: that That no rookie
1: drafted in the first three rounds has won since 2010.
0: Okay, so based off all four of those criteria, which teams have a chance to win the championship?
1: All right, there are only three teams. Okay, the good news news for me is that my team is one of them.
0: Pollock, go ahead. The
1: bad news for us is Baikowski. Oh. okay <laughs> that's, the fir-
0: that's the first round matchup nice yeah, and yeah, who's the okay. third team
1: well so one of those two teams is guaranteed to at least continue that run uh-huh. and the final team is walman
0: wow and they're probably the favorites going in
1: exactly so there's a good chance that this trend continues
0: that is amazing mitch thanks so much this was fun um we're gonna do a full playoff preview after we get uh, past the play in games, but while I have you here, the play in game winners pick one, pick them Lombardi, Chef, DeMarco, Lapine. Who you got?
1: Okay, I'm going Lombardi. You gotta go, okay, Lombardi. me too. And the uh, Lapine, I know it's gonna be a close one, but I'm going with Lapine.
0: All right, I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna I actually don't know, that's a, that's such a coin flip. I might go yeah. DeMarco in that game, but uh, hey, it's gonna be fun. I'll see you at the field on Wednesday night, man. All
1: right, thanks for having and,
0: me, and happy new year to you and everybody else as well.
1: Yes,
0: you too. See you later. There he is, Mitch Pollack, Uh, Thank you so much, uh, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll podcast this. So you can listen in your cars or whatever. And uh, we'll be back with an episode after Wednesday's play-in games, previewing the full slate of the first round of the playoffs. So I'll see you at the field on Wednesday at the play-in games. Until then, have a good weekend. Happy New Year to all the Jews. And I'll talk to you next time.